Like, for instance, there's those images that you're supposed to look at them, and one way it's a duck, and the other way it's a turtle or something like that. You How many of you guys have seen those types of things? Or if you stare at it long enough, it'll start moving. Or there, there, There's the one. If you look at the dress, it's gold, or if you look at it, a different, some other people will look at it, and the dress looks something, something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. It just looks like a dress to me. I think it had something to do with my dad's colorblindness. I didn't, maybe didn't learn my colors. I am, I'm not colorblind at all, but maybe uh, I didn't learn my colors very good because he wasn't a good teacher. Because he didn't know what they were. He didn't know what they were. You, you know, you know, my dad's my dad's stubborn. Like, and when he went to school, um, first of all, one of the stories is that that he like held on to the door, and like my grandmother had to like pry him off the door to get him on the bus the first day. And then when he got to school, they're like, "What's wrong with this David Wilson kid?" Because my dad didn't want to tell anybody that he couldn't distinguish colors at all, so he tried to fake it. And so they'd give the teacher would give him his papers and they'd be like, "What color is this?" And he'd be like, "Blue," and it was green or something like that. I'm like this kid isn't even learning his colors, so they're talking about holding him back and everything until somebody realized that he was colorblind and he had no idea what he was looking at. And then they, fit, but anyways. And so are sons of colorblind people. <laughs> good, good. And I, I agree. I, I, I admit that. But <laughs> I think my dad's brilliant. But anyway, anyways, anyways, vision. I feel, and last week we talked about, you know, trying to get things different. And I'm going to put these back up here. That each member of the church will increase his or her quiet time with the Lord. I I was so thrilled this week. People are emailing me, Pastor, I'm trying to read through the Bible this year. I'm just going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Somebody somebody asked me yesterday, they they said, you said, how are you doing? I said, this week, I'm awesome. Because people are calling me, emailing me, telling me I'm trying to read the Bible. And here's what I'm reading. Here's a question I have. And I said, I, I, I'm so excited. I think I even said that I got, I read three emails in a row where someone said to me, I'm having a hard time reading through the Bible. So I'm trying to listen to the audio Bible through the year. I was like, wow. But like that just thrilled my heart to, to no end. And all these people were telling me, I'm trying to read through the Bible this year. They were telling me what they read in the Bible and how the Lord was using it. And and people are taking prayer requests and praying for each other. And, and I, I was doing backflips. I was so excited. Not really. I can't do a backflip. <laughs> and, and goal two is we as a church increase our personal outreach. And I watched that this week, too. And I believe, I believe in my heart as I watch people reaching out to their family members, to their neighbors, to their loved ones, to their enemies, that we're sowing seeds. And I don't care if it happens in a day, if it takes 20 years, God will get the increase, right? 
And goal three is that each active church attender becomes more confident with the word of God. Because sometimes people will say, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to articulate it. And I'm hoping that through Bible reading and prayer and, and um, reaching out, that you will become more confident with the word of God. Uh, I was thinking about that this week. Uh, I have... I've had, I know Julie's here and she's probably not going to like me talking about this, but, but you should see the change in her driving in one week. I was so excited when we pulled into a parking lot at school and she had the biggest smile on her face and she gave me a high five. That's an that's a image dad is going to take to his grave. I was just so, so happy. And, and I was just like, and it's because she's doing it every day. And she's going to get better and better and better. And that's the same thing with the word of God. If you read it every day, if you apply it every day, then you're going to get more confident with it. You're going to be able to share it better. And and then becoming better stewards with the things that God has given you, with your time, with your family, with your finances, with just everything. God's given you a car. You've got to be a good steward of it. God's given you a home. You've got to be be a good steward of it. God's given you a mouth. You've got to be a good steward of it. Everything that God's given, you've got to use it for his glory. And then we began looking at um, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 7. We probably should open our Bibles there. And we looked at that in that passage of scripture, it says God created you. And if he's created you, then you have to see yourself as his creation. And that, that's special. That's a great thing. And also, I think that we have to, as Christians, in that passage of scripture, it also says, that we don't need to fear as we're walking the Christian path and as we're on our way towards heaven. Because God walks with us and he desires to have a relationship with you. And we need to have a, a correct vision of our time with the Lord. And thirdly, I said trials are going to come this year. And I'm sure that even though we're five days into the year, that trials have probably already come. But God will carry you through those trials. And you need to see them for what they truly are. As a time for growth in your life. So let's look at this passage of scripture again. Let's read it again. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 1 to 7. It says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you, and people for your life. 
Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. I love Isaiah chapter 43. Um, I am trying to uh, be very active in Bible memory. And like it says on the board, we, we on the announcements, we have a app on the phone if you want to be involved in Bible memory. And if that's something you want to do. And I try to try to keep fresh on that. And out of all the places that I have memory verses that I want to hide in my heart, the majority of them on that application on my phone come from Isaiah chapter 43. Someday I'd love to have the whole thing memorized and just be able to quote all 28 verses and have it hidden right here in my heart. I meditated on it and spent some time looking at it. And I love this path, this chapter in the Bible. And as we continue through it, in verse 3, it says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And the next thing I put up here on the board as the things that we need to see properly is God is your Savior. This year, strive to get a proper view of God. I don't think looking at God, it's like one of those images that you see that is meant to confuse you. It's not, as Matt said, gold one minute and purple and green the next. Um, God is the way the Bible describes Him. He is holy. He is beyond our comprehension. But He's our Savior. He sits on his throne in heaven, but he wants to make his dwelling place your heart. He keeps the universe going, but he cares about your every second. And we need to get a proper view of him. And so I chose two places in the word of God for us to look at this morning. To help us get a proper view of God. And one of them is Isaiah chapter 6. Since we're already in the book of Isaiah. It shouldn't be too hard to find Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah gets one of these unique looks. At the throne room of God most high. And in Isaiah chapter 6 it says. In the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go to this people. Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. As I read that passage of Scripture, I think that we need to, according to Isaiah chapter 6, get a proper view of God, as God is our Savior. We need to see the Lord high and lifted up, great and majestic. I think too often this world thinks of God as a man upstairs or a guy who got this globe spinning and now he doesn't care. We think of him maybe as we picture him maybe as a way that the um, directors in a Hollywood movie might portray him as this voice of somebody sounding like James Earl Jones or uh, uh, with one of those deep voices and just, you know, to give you a good piece of advice. But he is so much more than that. When I see, see this picture, I can't even begin to understand and to comprehend just how great and mighty he is. And when Isaiah came face to face with God, the first thing that I noticed is that he faced his uncleanness. We were talking this morning in Sunday school class about when the unsaved, when the unbeliever stands before God, they stand before God without excuse. God has shown himself through his creation. He has shown his power and his, his majesty and everyone stands before God without excuse. And when we come face to face with God and we, we discover who he real, really is, the first thing that he begins to do is he begins to look at our to be, help us begin to examine our heart. To look at the sins and the things that, that keep us from a right and good relationship with God. And when we come face to face with the true God, we come face to face with our uncleanness and that we need a God that is ready and willing to save and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then I also see is that when, when Isaiah got a proper view of God, not only did he see God for who he truly is, high and lifted up, holy and majestic, not only did he come face to face with his uncleanness, but Isaiah surrendered to the call to send the message that God would have him to, to send. And, and it's really interesting because God says, when you, when you keep on telling these people the message, you'll speak it, and they may not listen. They may stick their fingers in their ears and not listen to the truth. 
I feel so sorry for Isaiah. He lived under the time of the law, and many times that's what happened. We live in a different day and age. We live in the age of grace. We live in a day where Jesus Christ promised, He said, If I go, I will send the Comforter. I'll send the Holy Spirit. And He'll help you share the message. He will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so when you speak to an unsaved person, and when you answer God's call, you're not going into that, into that message alone. As you're speaking the truth from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is touching their heart. He's convicting them. Maybe right then and there they may say, ah, I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to have anything to do. But then when they go home, those God, the Holy Spirit will find interesting ways to take those words and to begin to drive them home. Did that ever happen to any of you? The, it didn't, the message didn't mean a lot. When you got home, that Holy Spirit began to work on your heart. I see a couple of you going, oh, that was me, that was me. Right? And the Holy Spirit does that. Praise the Lord. We need to get a proper view of God. And let's, let's, let's continue. I'm not going to get very far today. I know that the first Sunday of the month, I never get very far. Revelation chapter 21. I love Revelation chapter 21. I love the whole Bible. But if I could stop at Revelation chapter 21, we'll do it. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And as I, I, I continue to look in this passage of scripture, it says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sexually immoral, Sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We need to, just like in Isaiah, we need to look at he who sits on the throne. Jesus is ruling and reigning from his throne. He is victorious. And he reigns on high. And we can trust in that. 
It says in Revelation chapter 21, former things have passed away. And I know that this is a vision of the future. But when we see Christ for who he truly is, the past is in the past. And for all of eternity, the old things will pass away. And his job is about making all things new. Anybody get new stuff for Christmas? Did anybody throw away some old stuff? How good does it feel to throw away old junk? Doesn't it feel good? And doesn't it feel good to get something new? It's wonderful. Did you get a new shirt for Christmas? Doesn't it feel good putting that new shirt on? And some days it feels, I know us men, sometimes we need our wives to throw away those old things. And sometimes we need God to let just the former things pass away. You know what God's got in our future? We need to see God for who he truly is. His desire is for us to see that new heaven and the new earth. We talked about that this morning as we were down here, right? We are on the road to heaven. That's our journey. The straight and narrow road. Keeping our eyes fixed. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking to this Jesus. A God who is not far off, but a God whose desire is that he will dwell with us and be our God. We need to get a proper view of him. He's going to make all things new. And I can't wait. I can't wait. We need to begin to change our view to look to look at God just a little bit differently. Let's pray this morning. Lord and Heavenly Father, I pray that you might help us to get a proper view of you. To look at you for who you truly are. Change our hearts. Help us to look to you and to decide that we will, we will follow you in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.